Welcome to break time. Hey, Margo. Hey, Hannah. Hey, Margo, what do you know about witches? Uh, a little bit. I wonder if you have an idea of what a witch is. I have a rough context from the episodes that we've done before, but it's the later sort of later into the early modern witchcraft period where those ideas have really solidified and made it to North America. So like we've done a whole thing about witchcraft, but we did it. My whole part was about the Puritans in New England, a little bit about Jesuits. So let me give you some sort of a sort of picture of a witch that I I see a lot in sort of folklore circles and pop culture circles. And uh, you tell me if this rings any bells. (laughs) So a witch is uh, typically a woman, almost always exclusively a woman, Mm -hmm. um, often living on the fringes of society. So living often in the woods, uh, a knowledgeable woman who knows the herb lore, Mm -hmm. um, often associated with reproductive freedom. So the ability to procure contraceptives or birth control, uh, who is unjustly persecuted because she knows things she dares to be a woman who knows things yeah yeah that's the really kind of in especially in recent years and decades that's been kind of the overwhelming image of the witch um especially in sort of folkloric circles and that's a kind of i don't want to say it's a nice image because it ends in persecution and murder (laughs) usually but um that's a picture of a witch that is appealing to a lot of us, especially if yeah. we lean feminist, especially if we care about reproductive freedom, uh, especially if we have sort of left-leaning political priorities. That mm-hmm. idea of a witch feels nice to us. Um, Serves the narrative of history we want. Yes, and it's a nice archetype, right? There yeah. is a very clear cause and effect of why would people persecute this person well, it's because she knows things and that's not permissible. Right. The historical reality, especially in the 17th century, which is really my home mm-hmm. century, is a little bit different than that. There are obvious similarities, but in truth, there are also some important differences that I want to talk about in this Baba Yaga break time. Cool. Um, I'll start Let's with some it. of the similarities. A witch is almost always a woman. Yep. So in most of Britain and the European continent, uh, about 75% of people prose- persecuted, prosecuted for witchcraft are women. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one exception is the Lorraine region of France. I was just about to say, except for in France, where it was 50% <laughs> of men. Although that's kind of specific to Lorraine. In the rest yeah. of France, it's closer to 28 or 30%. Yeah. So still higher than the rest of Europe on average, but not overwhelming majority. So witches are almost always women. In general, they are older women, although Mm -hmm. younger women and children are also prosecuted as witches, as are many men. Mm -hmm. Like I said, on average, about 25% of victims of witch trials were men. But in general, we're looking at a postmenopausal woman. Right. Often these were women who were considered masterless, so women who either were widowed or Mm -hmm. unmarried and who didn't have an obvious male to take custody of them. So kind of a a typical example, for instance, would be a woman 
who never married, mm-hmm. and thus her father was her custodian mm-hmm. until her father died and she passed under the authority of her brother, and then her brother died, and now she's being watched over by her nephew. <laughs> right. At which point we are at a woman who is some generations removed from an obvious right. custodial relationship. So these are masterless women. That said, and here we get into some of the differences, when we talk about a witch, we're not necessarily, or typically, we aren't talking about somebody who lives outside of society. So in the woods, Mm -hmm. we're talking about somebody who actually does live in the community as part of the community. Um, This is also somebody, not typically somebody who's got great herb lore or, uh, you know, witchy type wisdom, but is a person who is implicated in the life of the community as a caregiver. Right. So often somebody who's looking after children, looking after mm-hmm. sick people, looking after the elderly, looking after new mothers who are mm-hmm. in the laying in period after giving birth. Those are people, those caregiver roles are people who often end up being accused of witchcraft right. um, because due to the fact that it's the early modern period, often people die after illness yeah. uh, or childbirth. Cattle will just keel over dead sometimes from cattle blight. Right. And when something like that happens, you need an explanation. You right. need somebody to blame. And so these masterless women who have been deprived of their own sort of fertile contribution to the community mm-hmm. – And this is getting a little bit into the psychoanalytic perspective, this idea that like it's a fecundity thing. Yeah. But these these older women who don't have anything to so-called contribute Mm -hmm. anymore, that's who gets the blame. Right. Um, Which is the big difference between Europe and North America, where it's mostly young girls who don't have family anymore as a result of Indian Wars. Yes, and it's but still we see women who are not obviously yeah, being yeah, spoken exactly. for. They don't have any. They don't have a a man to give them a place in society. Yes, and also there's this like I say I alluded to this the psychoanalytic explanation that women who are properly located, i.e., they are married, they are mothers, yeah, they have men folk to look after, they are pre-menopausal so Mm -hmm. they are still ovulating and they are fertile in a reproductive sense they can they have a use to the community right the work of you know all the connection to the farmland which is itself fertile if there's a crop blight if the cattle drop dead um, that is a way in which the witch disrupts fertility Mm -hmm. but she also disrupts it via her own fertility yeah because a witch is not having children a witch does not have a man One of the things I like to think about when I think about witches in this more historical rather than folkloric way Mm -hmm. is, again, that the work of a caregiver is being erased, that that's not considered productive or useful or like something that contributes to a fertile, productive community. Right. Um, The other thing that's really important is this isn't just witchcraft trials are not an instantaneous reaction to a tragedy. So if somebody's cow dies... They don't immediately go looking for a witch. But what is much more likely to happen is a woman who is masterless over many decades, she will have been witness to several tragedies or in the wrong place at the wrong time when something bad happened. And then at the end of that sort of many decades of helping in the community and being witness to tragedy, 
the community decides to connect her to all of these instances. So she passed through the field and then the harvest failed or she was att- and she was attending this birth where the mother died and she was at this sickbed where the patient died and she likes to talk to the cows and then one of them stopped giving milk. Um, so there's this kind of retroactive connection between a particular woman and every bad thing that she's ever been near. Um, And so that's kind of how a community turns against their own. It's not that they're turning against a mysterious outsider. They're turning against a person who has delivered their children and who has looked after their dying parents. And and they kind of project a a connection between that person and the tragedy backwards through time. Mm -hmm. And frankly, who remembers who was talking to the cow the day it dropped dead? Like, that's not a super reliable point, but it becomes part of the narrative of the witch. Um, There are some kind of interesting things about the witchcraft interrogations. Yeah. Uh, Torture is typically applied. Yeah. Uh, And often witches will... Fun times. At the end, not just confess that, yes, I'm a witch, you've got me, but they will embark on these really thrilling, terrifying Mm -hmm. narratives of everything else they've done. So not just, you know, yes, I killed the cow, but I killed the cow and drank its blood so I could fly on my broomstick. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, I killed that baby because I hate babies because I eat babies. Yeah. Is the kind of thing it brings you see them in back the to my master the devil. Yes. <laughs> and and I have sex with the devil but it's not procreative and it's not enjoyable. It's just to yeah. subvert your stupid human community. Um and so it's it's there's an open question in scholarship about mm-hmm. why would you You've protested your innocence and protested your innocence. And then suddenly you snap and you're not only saying, fine, you've got me, I confess. But you're saying like, yeah, and I'm going to confess to 16 more things you've never even heard of before. And I'm going to confess not just I didn't just kill Farmer Smith's cows. I killed Farmer Jenkins' goats. (laughs) You've never even heard of that. He lives three villages down the road. I killed his goats and danced on their corpses. And there's different theories. Some theories are that there's a kind of moment when you get pushed into a corner and pushed Mm -hmm. into a corner that the only way out of the corner is to kind of go whole hog. Mm -hmm. There's a theory that there's a kind of – there's a process that happens when you're being physically tortured where your brain breaks and you just become a sponge. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't have good records about what the torturers were saying to these women, even when we do have records of the magistrates. And so – it's an open question as to why they would confess, but the typical pattern is there's the accusation, there's interrogation, there's a lurid confession, mm-hmm. and then there's an execution. Right. And then the town sort of brushes the dust off its hands and goes back to being a community. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things about the witchcraft trial, when we think about why would somebody turn on their neighbor, why would somebody turn on their community member is that these were ways for a community to confront instability and constitute new stability. So one of the really famous cases of witch hunting, this is really the only witch hunt that ever occurs in England, Mm -hmm. is the case of a guy who calls himself the witch hunter general. His name is Matthew Hopkins. He has a sidekick named Stern. And they ride around during the English Civil War in East Anglia Mm -hmm. hunting witches. So they ride into a community. And the legend goes, they ride into a community and they start harassing women, and they pick one to be a witch, and they torment her, and they torture her. 
-hmm. The reality is a little bit different. And I have this from a book by Malcolm Gaskell. I really want to reference his book because it's really excellent. It's called Witchfinders. They were welcomed into communities. Yeah. And communities would say, we have a suspected witch. Here she is. And they would bring out their witch. They were working in a really brief period of time. Mm -hmm. So within the English Civil War in a relatively constrained geographic scope. Yeah. And the fact that they were working during a civil war is really important because the civil war was such a period of profound instability yeah. on a political front, on the religious front. England was tearing itself apart. I mean, just to speak yeah. of England, not to speak of Scotland or Ireland, which also were involved in the civil wars. Right. And so finding witches and bringing them to trial and executing them was a way for the community to rid itself of a taint and yeah. hopefully by getting rid of whatever was tainted within the community, they could bring a stop to the broader instability going on. So there's yeah. national instability, but the cause might be your local witch. Yeah. And I think that like the, the like really clarifying the anxiety that people are feeling in this period, because I think in a like, especially Canadian or European, like modern context where politics and ideas about society are so secularized are so secularized that we don't think about like oh they're having a civil war about what seems like not a huge rift in christianity at the you know like from 500 years later looking back and being like all right is there really that much difference between catholicism and anglicanism well, yeah i mean in the english but, like, civil war they're it's, fighting about like Anglicanism is getting a little bit too papisty, and yeah. actually, we it should be getting more like Calvinism. Exactly. And, yeah. and so the but lines it's, there are it's it's, it's subgroups of Protestants, and within the like within the the non Anglican group, there's your ranters, your dissenters, your ever. Mm -hmm. It's it's you. We don't really have a good idea now, looking backwards, of the scope of these um, these situations. We also don't have a good way of entering into the mind of a European who believes in witchcraft or anybody yeah. who believes in witchcraft. Europeans are obviously not the only witchcraft believing culture. Mm -hmm. um, but I think like, right, the, the anxiety really is if if my country chooses the wrong tiny sect of Christianity, everyone in this country is going to be damned for eternity. Yes. And <laughs> also at this time, there's a lot of relating whatever religious group you didn't like to the devil. Yeah. And so witches are also a tool of the devil mm -hmm. and it's all kind of bound together. Witchcraft is really interesting to me because it sits at the center of a lot of webs. There's obviously yeah. scientific ways in. So thinking about alchemy, thinking about things like the idea of a flying ointment, which nobody tries to replicate it, but they are very interested in building like flying suits at this time. Mm -hmm. And by this time, again, I mean the middle of the 17th century. Yeah. Um, there are political dimensions. So one of my favorite theories about witchcraft is that the reason witchcraft goes away, and it does go away in Europe. We stop seeing people executed for witchcraft right. into the 18th century, mm -hmm. is that in Britain it goes away because people become more interested in party politics. So you don't have to accuse your opponent of being a Whig when you can accuse him of being a Tory. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's part 
of why some people think witchcraft kind of peters out. Mm -hmm. So there's a really strong political dimension. Also, hunting witches is a really easy way for a political figure to earn favor or getting rid of witches. Obviously, there's religious dimensions. Obviously, there's folkloric dimensions. Yeah. Um, so it really is a very powerful place for scholars to enter in. It's traditionally been treated as a weird niche, but increasingly it's being seen as a part, part of the of early modern worldview. scholarship because in in England and in English North America, like a big reason that right, in, in North America, we really only have outside of like Spanish North America, we really only have Salem as like a big example. And then yeah. like a couple other little tiny baby ones. And most people chalk that up to there's a lot of anxiety and displaced women and economic anxiety because of the collection of wars in New England, um, known as like the Indian Wars or yeah. the Seven Years Wars or all of those things that lasted about a century. <laughs> um, and so that's sort of how we get into Salem happening, but that it doesn't continue because of the change in requirements for evidentiary accusations, like the, how to Yeah, the burden prove, of yeah. proof. The burden of proof is relatively high in the English context. Yeah. It's lower in Scotland. And that's mm -hmm. why you see a lot more witch burnings, witch burnings, witch, witch executions. It's not always burnings. It's typically hangings, actually. Uh, no one was burned in North America. Yeah, no witches were ever burned in North America. They were crushed and they were hanged. Yeah. Um, or hanged upside down. That was a big one in Spanish North America. They would hang people by their feet. That's really interesting. Yeah. In in Germany, they were burned, but they were usually burned as corpses. Um, mm -hmm. So that's an interesting distinction. And yeah, I'm talking here in a kind of pan-European, loosey-goosey sense. There are <laughs> regional variations and they're really important. Yeah. yeah so uh, this is why I'm interested in witchcraft. I think it touches on a lot of different things. I think it exposes uh, some of the tensions in the early modern mindset. And I think it really confronts contemporary scholars' assumptions about what is reasonable, what is rational, uh, and also yeah. to what extent can we even enter into the mindset of somebody who lived 250, 300 years ago. Yeah. Um, so that's why I love witchcraft, and I hope you love it too, both as a really fun and excellent part of folklore, but also as a legitimate form of academic study. Yeah. Thank you, Hannah, and thanks for spending your break with Baba Yaga. Thanks for having me, Baba Yaga. I love to spend my breaks with Baba Yaga. <laughs> this Baba Yaga break time was brought to you by Patreon supporters just like you. Follow us at Baba Yaga Project on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.